Camera Shake, what is it and how do I stop it happening? Hi and welcome to episode 89 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Before I go on, if you have a question you would like me to answer, just go to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Here is the answery bit. Camera shake is a term used to describe the camera moving faster than the shutter speed when you take a photo handheld, resulting in blurry photos that cannot be corrected. Camera shake can be easily avoided by choosing a fast enough shutter speed, holding the camera properly and taking the photo carefully, or by putting the camera on a tripod or other stable platform. Camera shake gives blurry photos but can be easily avoided. Firstly, getting it right in camera. Right then, this is pretty much the first thing that we need to get right when taking photos handheld. You will hear the term getting it right in camera over and over, starting with this. So what actually is camera shake? Camera shake is when you take a photo handheld, but the shutter speed is not fast enough to deal with the speed of the movement of the camera. The camera is in effect moving faster than the shutter speed. Blimey, I'd actually never thought about it like that, but now I do, it makes perfect sense. So can't I fix this in Photoshop? Nope. Blurry photo is a blurry photo. And taking a bad photo and fixing it later is not a good plan anyway. Let's get this right in camera. So first thing, holding your camera properly and taking a photo in a considered way. Well, this is what I do. And to be honest, I do this whenever I take a photo and I have done for longer than I can remember, which isn't saying much really because I forget what I did a couple of hours ago, to be honest with you. So um, now I learned this a long old time ago. This is a fundamental good practice. So yeah, let's just explain this one to you. Like I say, this is good practice and should be one of the first things that you learn. This is what I do when I'm shooting handheld. Place your feet nice and wide, roughly below your shoulders. Turn your feet out slightly so they are pointing to say 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. That's left foot pointing, left and right foot pointing right by the way. Just want to get your feet nice and wide to give yourself a nice, firm, stable base. Put your feet wherever feels comfortable so you feel nice and solid. Hold your camera in two hands, the left hand cradling the lens and the camera body, with the right hand holding the grip with your finger above the shutter release button. Now I couldn't say that any worse, could I? So I'm going to repeat that line. Hold your camera in two hands, the left hand cradling the lens and the camera body, with the right hand holding the grip with your finger above the shutter release button. See, I can do it, I just need to try a bit harder. When you're ready to take a photo, steady yourself, take a good breath in, hold it, roll your finger over the shutter, gently, and take the photo. Breathe out and relax, and check the photo. Now when I say check the photo, I'm not advocating that you check every time you take a photo, but when you're trying this, just check the photo, have a look, see if it looks okay. And like I said, this is best practice, which should become second nature, and used every time you take a photo. What shutter speed do I need to use? Well, 1 60th of a second is generally considered to be the slowest safe shutter speed for taking photos handheld, if only it were that simple. Focal lengths change this first off. This shutter speed does depend on the focal length though. If you are using a longer focal length, then you need to select a shutter speed which is greater than the reciprocal of the focal length. The what? I know, I hate this term too. Basically in English, if you're using a 200mm focal length, then your shutter speed should be at least 1 200th of a second. It's that simple. And the reason for this, restyling off my notes here, when you zoom in, you're magnifying things, so it, it increases the chances of um, movement and error. Apertures. Quick word on apertures. The larger the aperture, the more light that gets into the camera. This can help you get a faster shutter speed by choosing a larger aperture. 
ISO. The faster the ISO, the more sensitive the camera sensor is to light and the faster a shutter speed you can choose. This moves us nicely onto the exposure triangle. This is exactly why you need to understand the exposure triangle as it helps you to make informed decisions about the camera settings that you need to choose. Image stabilization. Didn't have this when I was a lad. These days you've got in-camera and in-lens image stabilization. There's all sorts of stuff out there and it can give you remarkable ranges of stabilization. I mean, what does it do? Well, if your camera has four stops of image stabilization, which isn't unusual in this day and age, which is, it might not sound a lot, but it is absolutely remarkable. Four stops of image stabilization. And what does this mean? Well, it means you should be able to shoot handheld at a quarter of a second. So that's one sixty of a second taking away four stops. So what do I mean here? Well, if you halve the shutter speed, one sixtieth to one thirtieth is one stop. If you halve it again, that's one fifteenth of a second. I shouldn't be doing this live, should I? If you halve it again, that's one eighth of a second. That's your three stops. If you halve it again, that's one quarter of a second, which is four stops. So you could, in theory, handhold a photo, handhold, take a photo handheld at one quarter of a second and be fine. Mm. Is that the case, though? Well, you need to practice. Whatever the numbers that are claimed, you need to practice because we're all different. None of us are perfect. These are scientific tests taken in labs. I'm sure they're fine and correct, but um, you need to practice and find out what works for you. Take photos and then check them on your computer. Now, to do this, zoom in to 100% and make sure you're taking sharp photos. Sharp photos must be one of your priorities. Tripods. Put your camera on a tripod and that is that sorted, right? Well, yeah, but there's one thing that you need to consider. If you place your camera on a tripod and ham-fisted the press the shutter release button, you will not get a sharp photo. But if you're very gentle, you might. Better still, use a remote release so you're not actually touching the camera. Other devices. Well, there are other devices these days that do the same job as a tripod. The point is that they stop the camera from moving when a photo is taken. Now, I did find a very odd thing. Um, I did have a look on Google to see what competition I'm up against for this episode and was really surprised to find out that the first search results were on how to add camera shake. How to add camera shake? Why would you ever do that? Now, I know I know. I said that this was not from Google. This podcast episode is not based on Google research. It's based on what's in my head. But I do need to get more info on what people want to know about. And I'm not going to lie to you. I want to get the best title so my blog posts rank well in Google. Nothing wrong with that. But the base knowledge is all in my head, okay? And that's why you should stick with me, because there's so much confusing advice out there. I was really surprised to see that. And if I was looking for camera shake, and the first things I found were how to add camera shake, I'd be like, Should I be adding it or taking it away? I don't understand. So stick with me. I'll sort these things out for you. What do I do then? Well, I take every photo wherever possible on a tripod. I don't use a tripod if I physically, physically (laughs) cannot do so. Or if my camera is on top of a painter's pole, held out of a window, that sort of thing. And when I take my photos with my camera on a tripod, I simply use the camera's 10 second self timer. Now, 10 seconds is plenty of time for any movement to stop after I have gently rolled my finger over the shutter release button with my camera firmly fixed to my tripod. That's what I do. I literally do that on every shot. I used to have remote releases. I've had probably every remote release under the sun. I've used my phone as a remote release. But the simplest thing is just the self-timer on my Canon 6D. 10 seconds. 
I focus, press the shutter release all the way. Ten seconds later, it takes the photos. The camera is not moving, it's rock solid. My photos attack sharp. Okay, the talky bit, as if I hadn't spoken enough. Getting sharp handheld photos is a skill, but a skill that is easily learned. As with all things in photography, practice makes perfect. Practice and analyse the results. See what works for you, but try out all the things I've told you about in this episode. With care and attention, you can prevent camera shake ruining your photos. Now, I love taking photos with a tripod, but when I have to shoot handheld, I know what I need to do to get tack sharp photos. And I'll say it again, that should be your aim, tack sharp photos. This is one of the fundamental starting points. You cannot recover a blurry photo. I don't care what anyone else says, you can't. So avoidance is always number one. Okay, I want to touch on ISO here. The lower the ISO, the higher the quality of the image and the less rubbish and noise you get. The higher the ISO, the more noise and other bad stuff you get. But there is a balance. Some noise is better than a blurry photo. Some noise can be dealt with using software. So if you have two options, blurry or noisy, choose noisy. What's noise, I hear you say? Well, you crank your your photo, you crank your camera to the highest ISO number you've got. In fact, no, don't do that. Take a photo at ISO 100. Take another photo at the highest ISO your camera can take photos at. Compare the two on your computer and you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about. I can't describe it really. That's the best way for you to work this one out. And there is a range in between. The lowest ISO gives you the best quality. The highest ISO gives you the most noise. But somewhere in the middle will be that sweet point. So that's one for you to work out. And another reason why you should understand the exposure triangle. And one last point on this. No one knows what noise is other than us photographers. People know what a blurry photo is. They don't know what a noisy photo is. But noise is not good in a photo. Talking of tripods, which I wasn't. A mini tripod is a great thing. As you can place your camera on anything stable such as the floor, a wall, a table, a car, anything that's not moving. So if you can't afford or do not want a tripod, (laughs) well said, wasn't it? Get a mini one and see how you get on. I use one for my travel photography. If you go back to my um, episodes on travel photography, you might remember the episode where I talked about um, packing and preparing for travel photography and the fact that I pack my luggage for a holiday. And the last thing that comes out because it's too heavy is my tripod. And then I put a mini tripod in and I manage somehow with my mini tripod, which I love. I'm waffling. Let's move on. One last summary. Camera shake can be eliminated using good image capture techniques and the right camera settings. With care and practice, you can make camera shake very quickly a distant memory. Related episodes. Um, there aren't any. I did look, but nope, nothing that has anything to do with camera shake. I haven't even done an episode on tripods yet, which is a surprise, I have to tell you. Next episode, Photography Explained Podcast Episode 90. Blimey, I've done 90 episodes. Well, I haven't yet, have I? I've done 89. That's quite a lot, isn't it? So, episode 90. Do I really have to edit my photos? Is editing photos cheating? Now, that is a great question, if I do say so myself. Do I really have to edit my photos? Well, what do you think? What do you think I do? Shout out. This space still needs filling, so get in touch and get your shout out on my ever-growing podcast, downloaded in more than 74 countries. Okay, I'm done. Thanks for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast, which I believe is improving. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, check out photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. This episode was also brought to you by the power of water, keeping me rehydrated, refreshed and healthy. Okay then, I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to me and for giving me just under 12 and a half minutes of your valuable time. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Cheers from me, Rick.
my brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, Straight Talking Advice for Beginners to Get You Making Money Quickly and Build a Career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.